you're seeing a situation where if you did hold gold, if gold was 5 to 10% of your portfolio, it did exactly what it needs to do. It preserved capital in times when anything that has to do with growth did not or did not do it very well. So it is doing exactly what it needs to do. Welcome to the My Future Business Show, where we get you in front of your best audience and keep you there. Not only are we interviewing the biggest names in business to help you become even more successful, we're inviting you to book your spot on the show to help you grow your business. So at the end of the call, make sure you fill in the interview application form at myfuturebusiness.com forward slash interviews. Welcome back to the My Future Business Show. It's Rick Nusky here. I hope you're doing really well. Thank you very much for joining us now. Uh, if you've been supporting the show for any length of time, thank you very much for that support. And I know there's been a lot of new uh, people joining us on the show and I've been receiving their feedback, so welcome. If this is your first time, you are definitely in for a treat because today I have the pleasure of welcoming back uh, a gentleman who often speaks with me about uh, you know markets and what's happening globally. And uh, with that, it's uh, Mr. Leo. Gantz. Welcome back to the show, Leo. Thanks for having me back. Absolutely. Now, as you and I were talking about just briefly uh, prior to the call, um, there are definitely new people listening into the show. So I think we'd better go over some basics just so they get a bit of a feel for uh, who you are. But I'll start off by saying that uh, you're from the Wealth Research Group. We're going to be getting your perspective of current global events, including the impact of the war in Europe, the impact of inflation, a possible recession, and to consider if we're heading for a market meltdown and what all of this might mean for investors in the short, medium, and long term. Now, before we do any of that, Leo, just for context, where are you calling in from today? Uh, Tel Aviv. Tel Aviv, right. Now, tell me about Tel Aviv. What What do you like about the place? Have you lived there forever? Tell us a little bit about it. Actually, I have not lived here forever. I've lived here for, uh, since uh, the, the virus uh, became <laughs> a, a, pand a pandemic. Yep. So uh, before that, um, for like two years between uh, uh, early 2018 and, and early 2020, mm -hmm. um, myself, my wife, and then our one and a half year old daughter at the time, now she's uh, six. Yep. Um, we, we basically traveled while we were doing our business for two years. And then uh, if you remember Kobe Bryant dying, in, uh, that was j late January 2020. Certainly do. That was. That was like the end of our uh, two-year uh, journey, and then we were like figuring out: Do we want to do another year, or what do we want to do? Mm -hmm. um, and then you know, uh, uh, everything changed. So <laughs> we we came right back here. Yep. Um, I've never lived in Tel Aviv. I've lived in the in the metropolitan, but not inside of the, yep, the real the hall. Yep. So, so we took an apartment uh, in a high-rise and. Um, uh, we're literally finishing our two and a half year lease. Yes. Uh, and, and moving six stories up in in this high rise oh. uh, because we just had twins, uh, twin boys. Oh wow! Uh, Congratulations. Five months ago. Oh wow! Bit a very yeah. busy man at the moment. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, my wife went to a yoga retreat like fourteen months ago. So <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> all the uh, numbers make sense. I love it. Now I think that's probably a good segue to talk a little bit about the pandemic. You've touched on it. And, you know, it's mm -hmm. part of the reason you were moving around. But I wonder, from a, a wealth uh, research group perspective, what's your take on the pandemic? What's happened in the markets as a result directly of the pandemic? And have there been any upsides? So when I really think about it um, and, and think about what the pandemic did, mm -hmm. um, 
it was a big enough event yep and a lengthy enough event with uh, a significant amount of people and institutions and entities and countries involved that it changed uh, the way that we operate um, we meaning individuals mm-hmm. some less some more businesses uh, municipalities governments and then the international community so everything has changed and as you know um, you know when I was uh, in the IDF they used to tell us that uh, when um, when you navigate yep. with the compass yep. if you're if you're if you miss by one degree and you walk that degree for <laughs> 20 kilometers you're gonna be somewhere you're else so I think that's what's what happened everyone made there's little incremental changes and we're in a new world basically. Mm. And in this new world, you have issues with, with balances between supply and demand because um, usually it's easy to foresee changes or easier to foresee changes for businesses, for governments, etc. because they do so many surveys and, you know, they know their customer base and they know the citizens, etc. Yeah. But when, when you shuffle everything around, shuffle everything around so quickly, mm-hmm. Um, you get unexpected things, or what we call in, in, in finance and uh, economics, unintended consequences. So um, I think that's what we're facing right now. We're facing huge unintended consequences, some more predictable, like some you could say, ah, man, you know, you could have seen that coming, yep. um, and some less. Um, some think that governments do this on purpose. Some do not, like people have all sorts of ideas um, as to whether or not this is like a deliberate crash or like a reset, that that idea uh, has been floating around for decades that, you know, governments are trying to crash um, the world's economy in order to create a new better world or, or a new uh, not better world. Um, so anyways, what we're seeing from uh, this pandemic, I think in the biggest level, as I, I think we're seeing changes. Let me number a couple of them so that we can... Uh, learn a little bit more about what's what world we're getting into. Mm-hmm. One, and this is one of the biggest, I think the, the biggest change, I think we are, uh, we hit peak globalization. Right. That's the number one overarching theme that I think everyone should think about because it's a theme that I think will last for two, three, four decades. Wow. Um, yeah. It's a long time. Um, That's a long yeah. time. Deglobalization and globalization cycles are usually half a century long. Yep. Globalization, uh, while it has its victims, um, it it normally coincides with lengthy peace periods, lots of wealth creation, um, and uh, poverty eradication, because the arbitrages um, are diminished. In other words, yep. if there's a cheap labor country, it all of a sudden rises because capital flows there human ideas yep uh, yep human, okay um and you know clearest example being china uh with this with this uh, one and deglobalization periods coincide with nationalism with extreme nationalism with wars mm. um and with closed borders and the last cycle was 1910 till 1950 so if we look at 1910 till 1950 you have uh, the formation of central banks, yep. World War One, the Great Depression, World War Two, uh, 
two nuclear bombs yes in, in real life in the mix so yeah so i think you know people should understand that we're going into a period where uh normally bad things happen and and you're already seeing the starting gun mm. with a war in europe yep uh supply chain issues around mm -hmm. the globe inflation yep. um higher interest rates uh perhaps a recession in some uh in some developed countries that's number one I think mm. that's that that's something we should all consider. Yeah. Because it's been strawberries for a very long time now. Mm. Um, in Israel, we say it's been strawberries, like it's been, it's been good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, and you know, another kind of analogy is uh, this idea of a soft landing or hard landing. But no matter how you look at it, this plane is landing. So the the vacation is over. Yeah. Um, so another way to think about it. Um, secondly. So deglobalization, that's that's big. Like you can you, you should study this for a very long time, read books about it, understand this is gonna be something that impacts you no matter where you are. Secondly, I think uh, what we're facing is a population shortage in the working class demographics, so the 25 to 65 years old. Mm -hmm. Um Basically, the last wave of globalization relied upon half a billion uh, um, rice farmers urbanizing in uh, Asia. Yeah. And that's over. Uh, in 2010, the urbanization period in, in China was finished. And that's why you see in America right now 11 million job openings and 6 billion applicants. Um, which means that even, even, even if the if the six million applicants are suitable and and skilled in in the in the jobs that the eleven million openings require, mm -hmm. which is obviously never the case, you still have a five million uh, worker shortage Deficit. in the United States. Yeah. Wow, scary. Um, and that's not just in the U.S. It's going to so be everywhere. in a lot of other places. Yes, because of fertility rates and the way that the uh, developed economies have children later on and less children and less children. Europe is one uh, clear example of this. So, uh, and obviously China now mm -hmm. is a, is a mm -hmm. good example. Okay, so we're seeing, secondly, we're seeing worker shortage. This is going to be something that will need to be handled by robotics and automation and technology and, and AI, etc. But that it's it's something that's not going away today or tomorrow or, or this is something that's going to last it's a decade a or more. Yep. Yeah, um, it's a challenge. Yep. And um, third, and this is a big one, central banks and government stimulus has become unpopular because for 13 years, uh, zero interest rates and, and uh, stimulus have sparked uh, a lot of growth, growth companies, VC fortunes, etc. Mm -hmm. Yep. But uh, now in the eyes of the public, it is the stimulus and the stimulus checks and, and, and the unprecedented uh, bailouts from central banks that have caused the inflation we're seeing right now uh, in the world. So it's not popular anymore politically or monetarily to pump out uh, cheap credit in order to stimulate the economy. Yeah, That's a big change. Um, so a third big change. Yep. Um, and I think the fourth... Uh, major thing that uh, we're seeing right now is the difference 
between pricing in the stock market and pricing in real estate markets. You're seeing the stock market is a much more, um, it's because it's so easy to sell and buy stocks, mm -hmm. people sell them and buy them without regards to the fundamentals. Whereas real estate, it's not, not you know, it's not something that you get up in the morning and just say, you know what, it, uh, <laughs> kind of the market it. open, I'm going to, yeah. Yep. Uh, and so you're seeing real estate moving way slower mm -hmm. in terms of pricing yep. than, um, than stocks. And that's something I think people should consider because it's going to make, uh, it, I think it's making real estate uh, a far better um, preserver of wealth for shorter periods. I think people are going to uh, continue to treat their real estate as something that they never want to sell. When they buy, they're going to hold, hold for a very long time. Think even if interest rates are going to go up and mortgage rates are going to go up, I don't think people are going to sell. People are, you know, all around the globe, I'm hearing uh, there's going to be the largest crash in history, all that kind of stuff. I don't believe so. Um, and in fact, like if it, 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 one could say that um, the opportunity mm. is in the arbitrage between the difference, the the pricing in in real estate that stays very constant, very stable, mm -hmm. and the discounts in stocks. If I was, um, you know, uh, to think about a, a, a strategy here, I would take a line of credit on my house, and I would pro partly use it to buy uh, world class companies that are now very uh, attractive. For for an example, um, okay. So that's a, a another big thing that I think uh, yeah, people thank should, you for sharing. Yep. Should understand. But by the way, Rick, uh, I, I put together um, sort of these very uh, comprehensive uh, reports that obviously include more charts and visuals because we can't get into it in, in like no, an interview. No, not visually think. at least. <laughs> yeah, definitely. So if people um, want to go and, and check out and download uh, these reports, we put them together from proprietary research and uh, stuff that costs us like thousands of dollars to access from the biggest consulting firms yep. out there. If you want to go to wealthresearchgroup.com forward slash pain, like P-A-I-N, mm -hmm. forward slash rug, like rug pool, like a R-U-G, and forward mm -hmm. slash bear, I think those are three reports that people would definitely want to check out in terms of understanding where we are with the bear market, with the recession, and with the housing market. Yes, absolutely. Thank you very much. I'll be making sure to put those uh, links below this post, no matter where you're seeing the call. Thank you again. Now, I know that, uh, you know, um, there's never a good time to, to being an investor. And I see that uh, many people I hear say that if uh, if the US catches, uh, you know, catches a cold, the rest, of, the rest of us catch it as well. And I see this ripple effect with inflation, not a month ago, weeks ago, in fact, they uh, had their first significant rise in inflation uh, in, in rates and all of a sudden the rest of us um, see this uh, effect where we're paying more for, for mortgages. Why is that? Why is it that they, we base everything seemingly around what happens in the US? So for one, the US is the largest economy in the world, the most complex, the most uh, diverse. Mm -hmm. It's about 25% of global GDP. Mm -hmm. So it's a quarter of the world's economic activity happens in that uh, piece yep. of land that, that <laughs> only comprises of 
five percent of the global population. Yep. So it is it is a a very um, unique situation, and it's because seventy two percent of the GDP is consumer. Yep. Based. It's amazing to think about. Like they have everything. They have cars. They have house. They have technology. They have all the gadgets. Everything like that. Everything. And they just keep consuming, and that drives um, demand across the world. When you operate under the fiat monetary system, where the dollar is the measuring stick for everything, yep. then other countries do not operate in a vacuum. They they operate in this larger context. So, um, to, to give you an idea, if the central bank of the United States raises interest rates, and you suddenly can uh, get a three percent yield on a ten-year bond, mm-hmm. and in Australia you can't get anywhere close to that then your central bank has to do something to mitigate the arbitrage or else uh, your bonds will get sold and people will go and and governments etc will buy american bonds because they pay way more so it, uh, the interest rates uh, usually around the globe they don't deviate much from each other if we're talking about uh, developed economies um, because the risk level is about the same yep and it, there shouldn't be an arbitrage of hundreds of percent between them. So that's one thing um, to keep in mind. Secondly, 61% of the global uh, currency circulation are dollars. Mm-hmm. So when they raise interest rates and they basically contract uh, the amount of credit in the economy, less dollars everywhere, yep. um, that means that economic activity in other countries is also going to get crunched. So um, it, it it's part of this global economy that, that we uh, uh, operate uh, under. Um, mortgage rates and just housing demand in general is a function of, of interest rates, savings, mm-hmm. um, availability of housing, and good uh, jobs. So when we look at those four, it, pertaining that Australia has uh, good construction companies and you know uh, uh, construction is supply and demand construction is, is pretty um, you know, uh, efficient, mm-hmm. then when you look at, at, at jobs, jobs depend on uh, the United States as well. The, 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 the uh, Australian economy is not a self-sufficient economy. Mm. Um, it, it exports and, and, uh, and whatnot. So yep. that's one thing. Secondly, like I said, credit. Credit is something that if the U.S. raises interest rates, that makes credit more expensive in, elsewhere. Um, in, 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 elsewhere as well. Um, so I think that that's something to, to think about. And savings, obviously, with the stock market going down, um, and, and this being the worst year since 1932 for the stock market for the first uh, half of the year, then the wealth effect and savings of people um, diminish, and then they they have trouble uh, um, with housing, and yep. that elevates risk. The banks want to take less risk, so. The way they do that is by raising interest rates and, and uh, making sure the people on the fringes uh, are not their customers because they don't want them at this particular part of the cycle. Yep. There seems to be like this almost on that econo- uh, larger economic context that you just referred to, um, the cause and effect. It seems to me, uh, please correct me if I'm wrong, that the war in Europe has also a ripple effect in terms of supply chain. Um, it you know, all of a sudden we see that there's this special military operation and all of a sudden everything goes up in price locally. Fuel, 
everything that was coming out of Ukraine is no longer coming out of Ukraine in terms of commodities. Um, is that the same sort of context that we're talking about? They have an impact on the economy as well? Absolutely. C central banks can raise interest rates um, and they can sell assets. That's what they do in order to uh, neutralize uh, an overheated economy. Mm -hmm. When you raise interest rates, what you're trying to do is impact the behavior of the consumers and the businesses um, to act differently and demand less, grow less yep. without, without causing a recession. You're trying to slow the demand, but not uh, hold demand. So if you are thinking about getting a mortgage and now mortgage uh, payments, monthly mortgage payments are up 40 or 50 percent, you're going to say, well, do I want to... I'll delay this. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, and, and the wealth effect in the stock market is obviously understood. If somebody had a million dollars at the beginning of the year, he now has, uh, you know, somewhere in the neighborhood of 800,000 to 750. So he's lost a lot of money, a lot of money in real terms, especially if he's close to retirement, those things impact, uh, behavior when they sell, uh, assets, they basically create uh, more supply. In, in the open market of uh, bonds. And if you have more supply, then the price falls. So that's uh, price falls, meaning yields go up. So that's two things they do, but they cannot impact uh, OPEC, which is uh, the largest oil cell. Mm -hmm. They cannot impact, uh, you know, Russia's oil supply. So that's one thing they can, they cannot impact. Yeah. Uh, uh, governments can impact that with, uh, innovative fixation, uh, ease of regulations, um, negotiations, and, and whatnot. This is something the governments should do. They do not do it. Mm. Um, for the first six months of the year, we have not seen any good progress um, with all uh, with food prices or energy prices. So, and with uh, congestion in ports, uh, we haven't seen any revolutionary uh, regulation or, or structures policies in place and, and and that's a shame um because you know if you uh, i'm sure that they're getting a lot of ideas from think tanks on how to solve these but they i don't know why they don't operate faster sitting on their hands so, yeah the demand side is insane so if you just think about the united states which is a an efficient country with their seaports they have two thousand seaports mm. but two two of them long beach and los angeles handle 40% of the imports from, from uh, uh, the outside. That's wow. why you have, that's why you have tankers sitting there for nine days. Um, and think about it in those, in that, in those two ports, there's a shortage, a shortage of, uh, of forklift workers and of truckers. But, you know, in the United States in general, if, if this was done more efficiently, there would not be such a shortage um, and a problem with trucking and logistics. So I think that uh, this is something that that's interesting that's happening and is just not efficiently solved. Um, so the, the supply yeah. side, the supply side is what's hurting uh, the U S economy more than the demand side, the demand. I think, you know, when you kill demand, it's, it's not ideal. You, you need to just help with the supply side because it's going to get you um, uh, more workers, more economic activity growth. Yep. Uh, what you're basically doing is telling all the people that want to live, Hey, could you, you know, <laughs> not consume so much? No, so the, yeah, don't consume so much. So these people, you know, this side, yeah. Um, so 
it's it's uh it's almost like Winston Churchill said he he said um you know with communism you're making everyone happy by equalizing the poverty uh, like yes. lowering everybody's the standards uh, drop cost. for everyone yeah so you may be happy that you're like the next guy but you're all poor you're all poor collectively um, yes correct correct so I I think that the war in Russia the war in Russia started 30 years ago when mm. when the Soviet Union collapsed and to, into 15 nation states um the Caspian Sea all of a sudden with all of its riches was given to Turkmenistan, Azerbaijan, Uzbekistan and Kazakhstan, you know, small countries with limited populations but they're sitting on this Caspian Sea and all of its riches. Yep. And you know, Mother Russia is looking at this and say, "Hey, you know, this is not a fair uh di- division of the wealth of this country. We have put a lot of work to to get these resources out on the ground. Now they're not ours." Yep. And now 30 years later, they they're acting on this but um it's coming to it's pass all, isn't it it's, it's all about oil and natural gas the russia um in order for for its economy to keep being relevant on the global stage That's it needs a lot mean. of oil and natural gas um they're they're a country with very uh poor uh infrastructure of seaports so everything is pipelines and those pipelines run uh into other countries that used to be USSR but are not anymore so that's that's a uh very complicated situation and then you know western countries and western uh corporations came in made deals with the Caspian Sea countries yep and so so that oil is not there anymore for the Russians and so when uh the Ukraine made huge discoveries in 2011 yep uh couldn't try to put it in his own president in 2014 and it backfired on him with the revolution so he invaded for the first time and now he's invaded for the second time yes it's all about uh resources um so you know that's it's not that because he's evil or or smart or devious or genius or or a terrorist it's it's because that's the way he chooses to run his country mm. um and because uh uh for the russians this is uh, acceptable um mm. to do this. so what they're trying to do is just landlock the Ukraine they're not trying to occupy the Ukraine trying to create a new country and and uh you know with all of the yes with all the borders being uh Russian so they can get access to the Black Sea the Black Sea leads to the Bosporus Straits and then to Turkey and Europe yep. and now now you have your your way of shipping uh natural gas coal and and and, and oil so it seems to be a large larger strategic planning place doesn't there obviously um, yeah correct so I don't think that that's um going away before no. the mission is is completed. Um mm. so so yeah, we should expect that. And then on a bigger scale, what you're seeing in with Americans and American companies is that they just they don't want to uh start new big expensive projects because they don't like that an SUV rolls around their project one day and the guy says i'm from the administration why is this 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 and this not the way we like it that's a 40 like million dollar fine um for environmental and, and what non-sustainability <laughs> blah 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 yeah. it's very hard to operate a, bu- a business like that um and, and you saw with like with uranium and then other alternatives that they call this bluff of governments that are saying look we're going to ban all fossil fuels in like 5 years where uh you know real life statistics tell you that uh urbanization and middle class 
expansion in, in many countries around the world mean that we're going to consume way more oil and natural gas in the, in the next 50 years than we've ever done. Um, and you cannot have it without that. So if, you, if you're looking for that plan, um, you know, it's, it's all good and well to say tomorrow I'm going to be like Usain Bolt, but it's not going to happen. So, uh, it, it, you know, the, the markets have called that bluff. Um, it's so amazing. Just, it, it's never it's never simple, is it? You know, you need to understand the layers of complexity, and there'd be a lot of people out there, as in you know, mum and dad investors, and and not really knowing whether or not there is a safe haven for them at the moment. Do you think there's an upside to all of this? And you know, are are, are gold and silver still a place to go? And what what are, what, is, what are the speculative markets doing at the moment? Yeah, uh, in terms of the of the stock market itself, I think that there are amazing opportunities with world-class quality companies mm -hmm. that you can hold for 20, 30 years going forward because they're, they, the markets have discounted for a recession, for uh, uh, inflation, for war, for many things. Um, and some companies uh, are very attractive. So I think that's that's one place to, 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 to start with. You're getting mm -hmm. very good deals uh, with some of the markets, with some of the companies. I would be way more interested in investing in single stocks than in indices uh, right now. Yeah. Um, because of these discounts in companies that normally are not that, uh, don't trade for a discount uh, for many, many years because yep. they're such great businesses. Okay, so that's one thing. Um, when we look at gold and silver, people are like, if, if there's so much inflation, why is gold uh, not at an all-time high? Mm. But on the, on the flip side, think about it this way. Uh, gold has is, is performed very well in 2022. It's up 2%. Yep. Um, and if you look at the NASDAQ, it's down 33%. The Russell 2000 down 35%. The S&P 500 down 23%. PayPal down 70%. Wow. Netflix down 75%. Yeah. Um, Shopify, like a world, a global leader in, in e-commerce, down like 80% Crazy. in one year um, <laughs> or in six months, basically. Free so, Yes. So you're seeing a situation where if you did hold gold, if gold was 5 to 10% of your portfolio, it did exactly what it needs to do. It preserved uh, uh, capital in times when um, the, 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 anything that has to do with growth did not. Did not. Um, or... Or did not do it very well so i think that that it it is doing exactly what it needs to do once the fed raises by another 75 basis points and at the end of july i think that they will also slow down the pace i think that they will also start acknowledging that um what they're doing they just can't continue to do it because they're literally just uh crashing the uh the stock market mm. uh, and that's not their objective right it's just that the markets are so forward-looking that they're pricing in everything in advance. Um, and I think they'll do what's called a dovish pivot. Yep. when they, They'll they become less hawkish. And I think that's when gold and silver will start moving uh, a lot higher. So, yeah, I, I am very bullish on gold. Uh, I think silver needs for people to get over the uh, recession fears mm -hmm. uh, because I think we're already in the recession. Oh, um, I, I think we're we're going to exit the recession in in 2023. This is already uh, a recession. Um, it's just a weird recession, a weird one, because uh, because it's uh, uh, people have a lot of savings, 
uh, and people are still consuming, but um, we've consumed so much when everyone was cooked up in their homes. We've bought so much goods that we're moving into services, back to services, and the goods companies are, which comprise most of the S&P 500, mm. you're, you're seeing empty malls, you're seeing less demand for goods and, and whatnot. Absolutely. And that's going to... That, that's creating like a, 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 this uh, recession, basically. Um, See, that's got nothing to do with uh, investor sentiment, really, has it either? It's, a, it's just a matter of fact because of all of these different yeah. events that have, you know, almost dovetailed. There's never a great time. What have we had? We had the pandemic back um, and on the back of that, we've had the special military operation in, in the Ukraine. It's, it's, um, it's, it's almost like when a master say- plan the way it's all happened. Yeah, when you say it's never a good time, I'm, I'm assuming you're you're trying to say that it will never be perfect to get into equities. That yeah, that's correct. Yes. Okay. So the famous uh, Napoleon quote that basically uh, uh, you know his, his soldiers asked him like, when is the best time to attack? And he and he said, it's never the best time. We need to attack uh, and burn um, the boats. Yes. So <laughs> it, it it's the it's always complex, mm. but then when you look at what creates wealth, it is the ability of management teams to overcome complexity and build wealth. Um, if, if anyone listening to this has, has never uh, read Triumph of the Optimists, uh, Warren Buffett consider, considered it one, one of his top three books ever, and it just goes and shows you all of the issues we faced in the 20th century mm. and how much wealth has been created throughout. It's almost like complexity leads to more wealth. Um, so people that are newer or less experienced, they they want to hold on to their cash because they see the news. Yeah. But the, the better idea is to realize that there are people out there so talented that they can overwhelm inflation, overwhelm regular, you know, all these complexities yep. and build amazing businesses uh, over time. Um, so, you know, uh, it, it, subscribers to our free newsletter, they know my top, like I have a handful of these companies that um, uh, I consider to be better than anything you can throw at them. Um, and those are my prime 15 companies for my portfolio. Um, and, and so I, we always uh, discuss them on the newsletter. And, you know, if you stick with uh, that kind of a portfolio, over time, it's it, it's beaten the indices uh, handily. It's time beaten again. most hedge fund managers. Yes, if, if you accumulate shares in the best businesses in the world and become less aggressive when they're priced fairly and become more aggressive when they're priced down, um, it, I mean... The this, is the oyster, almost. this is this is the formula you need to own businesses you need to own assets despite everything um and yeah once in 10 years you're gonna get caught in this in, in a in a repricing but just think about it rick what's happening right now mm-hmm. is um okay let's say i bought i bought something uh for a hundred thousand dollars Yep. And every day somebody knocks on my door and offers me $70,000 $70, for it. And then sixty five, and then sixty, dollars and $55,000. Um, as long as I don't do anything with, with this guy, 
just shut the door every day. <laughs> what do I care how much he's quoting my my item? Yep. That's what's happening right now. If somebody is saying, hey, I'll buy your shares of XYZ for this much, and you're like, okay, no, thank you. Uh, I'm good. <laughs> then what do you care? What uh, the, the only reason you should care about the quote, uh, the daily quote of a business that's growing and, it, and it's a good position mm. is if you're in, in the position that you want to sell it. So unless you're a net, a net seller or you need to sell today, the fact that uh, some of these businesses are down so much it, it, it and, and the business is still intact, it's competitive advantage, it's growth pros- prospects for the, the next 20 years, then it, it means nothing. Yeah. It means nothing. Yeah. Um, when you buy stocks, there's always... You should always consider a 50 to 60% uh, downside high potential. But the businesses you buy, you need to buy them when they have uh, thousands of percent upside potential. So the risk reward is always uh, going to be in your favor when you buy the right companies. Yeah, this is amazing. I mean, these are the reasons why I love having conversations with you, Leo, because, you know, you're not part of the world's research group for no reason at all. I mean, the research and the depth of knowledge and the understanding, you you really can't buy that almost. You have to know what you're doing. You have to do the research. And the thing about the world's research group is that you fast track through your reports, which I am subscribed to, coincidentally, and you're getting the inside rail. Now, can, if you don't mind, I'm wondering if, again, you can go through the as almost like the portfolio of things that you commonly talk about through your newsletters. What have we got? We've got commodities, gold, silver. What else is there? Okay. Um, I think for for the individual, yep. the majority of his, um, of his investment portfolio should be in American businesses mm-hmm. and stocks. Um I don't see any proven or better way for a person that is a part-time investor, mm-hmm. in other words, that, that does not his main career at all, yep. um, or his passion for that matter, he, he just wants to make money, yep. um, to have uh, exposure to many other things. American businesses give you the best diversification exposure to anything. Yep. Um, and, 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 you know, with the sectors that they're in. I think that a second layer should be more of uh, the leverage and income that real estate offers. Personally, I don't own real estate anymore under my own uh, personal name. I don't go out there and try to shop for real estate. Yep. I do it either through funds or REITs. Yep. Um, and, and, and so, because it's, it's much uh, easier and simpler to do and you get access to better deals uh, an individual I can buy a single family or like a, a triplex or duplex or, or whatnot but through the funds uh, I'll give you an example one fund with one fund uh, that I'm invested in the fund just purchased the CBS building in, in uh, Manhattan so you know on my own I would never be able to have to, to do buy. that yeah yeah uh, retirement homes hospitals post offices warehousing logistics all these uh the whole array uh, yes the, the, all these portfolios you can never get on your own hmm. um multi-complexes with 300 400 500 doors etc so uh with real estate i like 
that angle. With stocks, I like to do it on my own. Mm-hmm. Real estate, I, uh, this is the better way, uh, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Commodities uh, and commodity-related uh, opportunities, those are very cyclical. I would not put more than 15% of my portfolio in them, and I would yep. probably spread them out between 10 and 15 companies, Yep. all of them comprising like 1% to 1.5%. I would choose to do... Um, uh, a scenario where even the 1% that I'm accumulating, it will be in two or three trenches. Um, and I would always have an idea in mind of how much I'm willing to risk and make sure that I understand that the potential is very high. Yep. Um, then you have VC, so private businesses. And if you can get into those, uh, those offer incredible potential. Mm-hmm. And then cash and just physical precious metals. Um, I like that as um, having n- no market risk. Yep. In other words, when you have cash, sure, there's inflation out there. But, uh, you know, if you held cash, a lot of cash this year, you- you're a happy camper. Man, even absolutely. with inflation. Absolutely. So don't discount the, the importance of cash. See, I, uh, just the diversification and just talking with you, I've learned so much for myself and I know that there'll be a lot of people on this call very excited to have finally met you, Leo. Well, thank you very much. Now, again, if you don't mind in closing up the call today, if you could just share, um, again, where they're going to go to get these reports, these newsletters. Yeah, uh, wealthresearchgroup.com is the website. On the top tab, you can actually click on um, special reports that's going to have all of the reports uh, that we've ever published. Um, right next to it, there's a, a tab called Watch Lists. I think you'll like that. That Those are companies that I've, I've researched and I've put on my watch list, including uh, these 15 world-class companies. Mm-hmm. Uh, the newsletter, you can sign up for free, and that's like the best way to follow exactly what I'm researching and doing uh, three times a week, mm-hmm. uh, including specific opportunities that I'm uh, uh, excited about. Yep. Um, and the, the, the three reports I shared on the show, I think they're uh, wealth research group slash, uh, dot com slash pain, rug, and bear. Well, there you go, everybody. If you're on this call and you're looking for that information, no matter where you see this call, you'll most certainly see the links back to Lee, uh, Leo and all of these wonderful reports. And as is always the case, Leo, it's just been such a wonderful opportunity for us to spend some time together. Thank you so very much for joining me on the show today. Thank you, sir. Thanks for joining us today. If you enjoyed the call, then make sure to subscribe, leave a comment, share us with your friends, and book your spot on the show at myfuturebusiness.com forward slash interviews. And if you're looking for solutions that will help grow your business, then visit myfuturebusiness.com forward slash shop.